<laughs> this episode brought to you by Condado's Chips. Not really, not really. Yeah, not really. They didn't pay us nothing. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm in the studio with Corey and James. And, you know, after the last episode, we decided to do a follow-up. Um, because oftentimes we want to quit. We landed on, you know, a few things that we do in our own lives um, to kind of stay gritty and, and not quit. But we felt like there was a second part to that. And so this is <laughs> you doing the gritty. Oh, my gosh. Someday we're going to video record. But please, no. Um, but listen, we felt like there was a follow-up. We felt like there was a little bit more to that conversation. And so today we are diving into that something more. And so to start off, what I want to know is what is something in your life that has had all of the fun sucked out of it for you? I could say uh, a couple things, but I'll just keep it. I'll keep it short today up top. Uh, for me, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I love Jesus, my family, and I include my dear friends when I say family and Jesus. Shout out to the brotherhood. Shout out to the brotherhood. Uh, Jesus, my family, including all my dear friends, uh, in Cleveland sports. It's just that it's that simple for me. All three. I don't even get into baseball that much, but if you catch me on opening day, you would think that I was an aficionado. Yeah, like no doubt. Like I'd be up or at, or, or when we hit Big Steve's seats or bless up for uh, <laughs> for Brother Steve in the seats. Uh, if we get Big Steve seats, you you think I'm an aficionado? Like up and up and progressive. Like I'm yelling, I'm chanting. I just love Cleveland sports. I'm a I'm a Cleveland dad now. That's just. That's where I'm at. I have on a big, my jacket somewhere. It's behind oh, yeah, it's behind. Oh, gosh, yeah. That, Puffy Browns go. That old starter from I the, was just going to say, is that a starter jacket? Yeah. Yeah, swaggy. Somebody got me that joint. Yeah, the, the I, yeah I'm just, I'm a Cleveland dad. And the first time that the fun was truly sucked out of Cleveland sports for me was in 2010. Mm-hmm. When the decision yeah. happened. Ugh. I mean... LeBron, he had, I mean, 07, he goes to the NBA Finals. We figured he was going back the next season. Like, we figured there was no way he doesn't go back. They were making those LeBron, Kobe commercials. Like, we figured we were going to see LeBron v. Kobe. Kobe held up his end. And then Hito Turkoglu. (laughs) Literally. Hito Hito (laughs) Turkoglu. Uh, Rashad Lewis, Lewis yeah. <laughs> and Dwight Howard and beat Dwight us Howard. in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the I next, was at that game. I, you were there. And then the <sighs> you're next, in uniform, right? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't notice. I just I said you were there. <laughs> yeah, he was going to let you off the hook. <laughs> you were there. And then LeBron James goes on national TV and says he's taking his talents to South Beach. South Beach foul. I just remember literally how it felt. As many Ohioans have. Like, I just, like, yeah. I, 
take took their towels to South Beach. Yeah, but South that's normally Florida. that's normally our older uh, our older white brothers and sisters. <laughs> I was standing you know, in my brother's living room when that happened. They snowbird, yes, but <laughs> yeah, we we all know where we were at when it happened, mm-hmm. and I just remember the way that it felt like quite literally one of our pals in a brotherhood, my dear friend, his now wife, but then she was his girlfriend there at the Cavs game on Good Friday, and she's a good Christian woman. She's the woman of the Lord. So they're at the Cavs game on Good Friday, and it's right after, like, LeBron, like, breaks some Cavs record. Mm -hmm. So they literally, like, bring out a crown to, like, king him, and, like, Moondog is, like, Mm -hmm. bowing down and, Mm -hmm. like, worshiping LeBron. And, you know, she just started crying. She wanted to leave the game because it was Good Friday because she's a Christian because Jesus is king. But Jesus is king. Jesus is king. But yeah, that would ruin that would ruin the vibe for sure. Yeah, uh, it was a vibe buster. But that was that was the vibe in Cleveland. Like it was ah. Oh. And then in the subsequent years after, while we were in college, we would literally fill out surveys. Yeah, you remember that? I was gonna say we went to more Cavs games after he left because they were just giving tickets away. Yeah, for, yeah. we were yeah. college kids, literally sitting on the floor. Because nobody, nobody wanted to go, going. all the fun Wait, got sucked out. Is that when, uh, when, when Josh Cribbs? Yes. Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs. Josh we love you. We love you, Josh Cribbs. Tweeted him. Yeah. Yep. Max should frame that. Put it in his man cave. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's uh, this is the first time I've spoken on this. Oh no! This happened the last episode, and it didn't make you look well, no, this is a little different because you went the sports route. I'll I'll say it. I'll say it. It's the first time I've spoken on this. Um, people who know me will be shocked to 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 hear me talk about this, especially in such a fashion. But you know what's really had the fun sucked out of it for me? Watching the Dallas Cowboys. I'm so sick of this. I'm so so sick of it. I'm sick of the leadership in the suites. I'm sick of the lack of leadership on the sidelines. I'm sick of every single part of that football team except for Micah Parsons. Outside of Micah Parsons, I could care less if any of them come back. Any of them. The ones that wear the hats, the ones that wear the coats, or the ones that wear the jerseys. I'm so so sick of it i am just tired of like of feeling too similar to browns fans this isn't what it's supposed to be like (laughs) this is backwards this is upside down this is not the way it's supposed to be i honestly believed i hate how much of a classic i'm gonna get so much crap for this i hate how much of a classic cowboys fan i sound like when i say this but yes i really did believe i didn't say it out loud but i really believed in my whole heart that this was the year they were going back to the super bowl i really believed it and then you know they didn't like you know i i mean i didn't call you because i was like i don't want him to like cuss me out you've learned that lesson but i mean let's let's all be honest for a second about the cowboy <laughs> we we didn't i i figured tom terrific 
at 45 would take him out in the first round. So uh, I was like, I was actually, I was like. Cowboys had to do it. They had to put him down real quick. They had to get him one time before he rode off into the, into the avocado ice cream sunset. <laughs> man, I was, <laughs> man, I, I was shocked. But I, I was not shocked at the, the Cowboys uh, losing to San Fran there. How they lost was shocking. I mean, you could have, Dak Prescott looked like Tony Romo. I mean, don't do that. Yeah, he looks Just good. don't do it, though. Just don't. Listen, I was vulnerable. I shared it. You asked the real question. I answered it. Let's let's move on. Uh, I'm Tony a, Prescott. I'm gonna play. Let's, I'm gonna play. Wow. I'm dis- <clears throat> you should have known when you when you named our tiny little dog Dak, and then he lost his yeah, Dak brother. Is, Dak is my brother texted me during the game when Dak threw his second interception. My brother texted me and was like, "How do you not kick your dog?" <laughs> Every time that happens. <laughs> oh, I do, though. Yeah. I, I'm going to play this for you next fall and remind you that we don't watch football anymore. I Who said that? <laughs> Did you say that about Cleveland I, sports? Because I didn't say that no, about the Cowboys. No. I'm just saying it's not fun anymore. It's not fun. I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch. What? It's just not fun Why anymore. Do you, see, you, see you next week. Why do you want to do things? Straight up. Uh, you know what? The thing that has had the fun sucked out of it for me is a lot of the movies of my childhood because oh, yeah. I've yeah, gone back to watch yeah. them with our kids and I'm like, ooh, well, that's tough. Like, do you know what movie I loved as a child that I cannot watch with my kids is The Little Mermaid? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I loved The Little Mermaid, but like, man, her her dad was just being a good dad. I. He was just being Yo. a good dad. Shout out to King Triton. Shout out to King right. Triton. Like saying the hard thing when it needed to be said. Right. And then and then and then the message of the little mermaid is silence your voice and become a different person so that a man will love you. That's foul. The like, ha- the happy ending. You are so it, right. It, it is a theme. It, uh, that, that is a that is a theme. And have you seen the movie have you seen the the movie Luca? The newer Disney, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Isn't yeah, I yeah. Don't remember, the, yeah. Ha- the happy yeah. ending is like you change yourself to be happy. That wasn't the one. That wasn't one of the ones our kids latched onto. So I really don't know. No, that that well. Kaylee did for like a hot minute because mm. she liked that he was like some sort of fishy thing. Like she liked the little monster version of him. Mm. Yeah, uh, rage for me too. Like it's like R and B music from the late nineties and two thousands. <laughs> I was a kid vibing, but now when I turn it on, I listen to the words. I'm like, dang, I was ten singing that. I was listen. I I still vibe, just not with my kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when my kids get in the car, I'm vibing in the school pickup line. You ever see catch me in the school pickup line? I guarantee you, I'm vibing. But as soon as the kids get in the car, it's it's you switch to that to Warren Wells. <laughs> blessed be the name or something. I don't know. You remind me of. Uh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do still play old school usher. Just, yeah, you know, like you said, just not with the kids. Yeah, movies. Movies are what did it for me. So, going, all right, so actually you two are like a perfect example for where we're, we're getting to today. Um, because you both just said you're not going to give up. So I gave up. I gave up uh, a lot of old movies. Uh, my kids will not be watching Grease at a young age like I did. <laughs> And I just didn't pick up on any of the innuendos. But you guys both just said, 
You're still watching football. That's so not the You're same still thing. putting yourself... No, but listen. Oh, it must be so hard for you to not watch a movie that's on VHS anymore. Like, it's so not the same thing. Okay, so, listen. What what we said was, was the follow-up to When You Want to Quit is instead engage in the way that brings you joy. Yeah. So, mm. how do we take things that we wanted to quit? On a more serious note, maybe things deeper than football and Disney movies, but... How do you how do you move to the ability to engage in those things and in those spaces and places where you once found so much joy? How do you how do you reengage those in a way that brings you joy? Because like for me, one of the things I think about is like I love I love huddle. Huddle is something that that's a word that the third street uses for small groups of like 10 to 15 people that are diving deep into scripture, um, doing life together, like really, um, really getting into each other's lives. And it's the people that like, if you call them, like, you know, they're going to answer, um, when you need something like people who are really in the thick of things with you. I love those kind of spaces. I've always loved those kind of spaces. However, in the past for me, those are also spaces that I've been deeply hurt. Yeah. Um, those are people that I've been like deeply hurt by. Not this, not this crew that we're with now just to be like specific, but like, you know, in the past in my life, that's, that's what's happened because when you allow yourself into spaces with people and you get vulnerable, you open yourself up to possibly being hurt. Um, and so one of the things that I have had to do because um, I, I, I refuse to walk away from the church because I believe wholeheartedly in who Jesus is. And, you know, like C.S. Lewis says, uh, Christianity is either everything or it's nothing. Like yeah. it's not something that you sit in the middle about. It's either everything or it's nothing. And And so for me, like I'm not willing to walk away. So how do I engage in a way that brings me joy? And like for me, engaging in a huddle space right now in a way that brings me joy, just to be fully transparent, it's to pay for childcare. <laughs> it's to have somebody uh, watch my kids so that I can engage. Because right now, like working from home, like I'm never not with my children, yeah. uh, except for right now, like in moments like these. Um, but like for a huddle, uh, you know, I'm going to unashamedly get some childcare cause that's what brings me joy. I know other people want their kids in those spaces right now. I don't really want mine in that. Uh, and the other thing that brings me joy, like I love to cook. I love to cook. I love to feed people. But right now, one of the things that brings me more joy is to clean my house and not look at like cat hair on the floor and pay for food, like buy food. Like, I'm in a season of life right now where, like, when I'm hosting people, it brings me more joy to have a chill space uh, than to be, like, sweating over cooking some flatbread uh, because I put an expectation on the space over what would be present uh, that nobody asked me to put that pressure on. I did that. I did that to myself. Ironic. She's choosing to share this right before the Brotherhood Super Bowl party. <laughs> Y'all are getting boxed potatoes. No, I'm kidding. I would never serve somebody boxed potatoes. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, really and truly, like I'm in a space where I've had to reframe the way that I engage in spaces I've always engaged in because uh, that's what brings me joy right now. Like I found that I've put stress on spaces that that stress was entirely internally caused. Nobody else put that stress on that space. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? How do you guys uh, find that you re- that you engage in spaces in ways that bring you joy, so that you can stay engaged? Yeah, I think you said a 
you said a really important word as I think about it, like for me in my life, and it's just like expectation. Uh, for me, like clear expectations for me are the key to uh, joyful, joyful engagement in whatever I'm doing. I think so often it's easy to like gauge my engagement from like external expectations that are unfair and then internal expectations that are unfair. Like I'll be in a space and I'll only think about like what's expected of me in that space. And then what's expected of me, like can rob me of joy, like, because it may not be just where I'm at in the season or how I need to be engaged. So I'm only thinking about like others. And then there's like the internal expectations of like, man, am I prepared enough? Did I, is everybody okay? Like just feeling like I have to like overdo everything in those spaces. And that robs us of joy. Yeah. But I feel like when there's clear expectations, like on both sides. So I'm like the, the great word in my life right now is clarity. Like I just want, I want clarity and what the expectations of all the spaces I'm in are. So I can know like, Hey, I can engage in this space or I cannot engage in this space or how should I engage in this space? And if I'm able to answer those questions and I'm able to actually like engage in ways that are healthy for me, uh, it's cold outside right now. Like it's stupid cold. And at school, like, yeah, sometimes I'll walk into school and it's like 16 degrees outside and I'll leave school and it's 50 degrees outside. And when it's 50 degrees outside, I'm in Ohioan. So if I have on long sleeves, I'm not wearing a coat in like 50 degree weather, especially if I'm on a hoodie or something like I'm not wearing a coat and I have a hoodie on this 50 degrees outside. That's just where I'm at. So like I'll leave coats there. So I've been like trying to over the past few weeks, like take all my coats home. So I've been like, all right, I'm not going to wear a coat this morning so I can like wear the coat that I have there. And, like, wear that home so I can get all my coats, like, back home. But this morning, like, I walked out of the house, just, like, in this little flannel. And I was, like, freezing because it was 19 degrees. I think, for me, sometimes, like, when it comes to, like, engaging joyfully in spaces, for me, what literally happens is, like, I'm dressed for, like summer in the winter Mm. like i have on like the wrong outfit for the season Mm. and i think for me sometimes like if i put on the right like my expectations for me or my outfit if i put on the right expectations then i'm prepared then i then i know but like for me like joyful engagement like is directly connected to like clarity and expectations and then when i know man Man, if I know that, like, I'm showing up as a participant in the space, I come in and I'm lighter and I'm having fun. If I know that I'm leading a space or if I know that uh, this space needs me to have gravitas and presence in a different kind of way, then, man, I can prepare for that. And I can know, like, that, hey, I'm coming in this space this way. But, man, like, when you just, like, when you don't know, like, man, yeah. Yeah, unmitigated expectations truly can be the enemy of joy. 
being dressed for the right season, man, that is. I'm gonna think about that. Yeah, that was a bar. Yeah, that was a bar for sure. I think um, one of the things for me is, uh, and this is where I know, I know, I feel like I say this at least once an episode, but like, this is where self awareness is mm. so clutch, right? Yeah. Because self awareness will help you evaluate, like when you, like in the last episode, when we talked about having that feeling of like wanting to give up. Self awareness will help you, like, take a step back, pause, evaluate, and and figure out like what got me to this point. Yeah. Mm. What got me to the point of wanting to give up, right? And I, what I found in a lot of times, especially when it comes to like work related things that cause me to want to give up, is it's usually not the things that I'm the best at that make me want to give up. Uh, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh, it's usually, yeah. it's usually not like, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we try to help people figure out like, like what's the thing that if like, what is the value that you bring to the table? Whatever the first like two or three things is that you name is kind of like your unconscious competence. Like you don't even have to think about that. That's that's just what you do. That's just who you are. That's not normally the thing bringing you down. So for me, usually like it's an overabundance of minutia. It's an overabundance of like having to like focus on details and like Mm -hmm. do all that kind of stuff. And so like when you have uh, when you have some level of like self-awareness, when you know yourself really well and you catch yourself getting to a place of like needing to bring joy back to spaces, that's always the first thing that I go back to is like, what have I been doing because odds are like there's an imbalance somewhere where I have not been functioning in my uh, my, my most natural skill set. One of the things that has like I, I we, we've said it several times over the past few weeks uh, that this has been I think this season uh, during bless up like this has been one of the busiest seasons of our lives. Mm-hmm. And yet I feel like I'm navigating this season of busyness better Mm-hmm. Then I have lots of other seasons of like somewhat busyness, but like not that busy because one of the things that's giving me life right now is I'm finally like I'm working with people um, who who are letting me say like this is what I bring to a space and then they do they function in what they bring best to a space. And so allowing me to function in only the things that like I'm good at is what is bringing me joy and getting me through right now because all of us feel more joy when we're functioning in what we're good at, right? Let me say it a more specific way. All of us are going to find internal joy and satisfaction when we're functioning in predominantly in the way that God has designed us to function. Mm -hmm. When you know your God-given wiring, when you know the things that the Spirit of God within you enhances to bring out really, really well, and that is the majority of your time or what you are bringing to most spaces, the natural byproduct, I believe, is the joy and satisfaction that we're all looking to or looking for. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I read this book a few years ago. It's called grit by a woman named Angela Duckworth Mm -hmm. and her basic like equation for what grit is, is she says talent plus effort equals skill and then skill plus effort equals grit. She's like, in order to succeed in anything, you need grit. She's like, you got to have grit. And when I read that as a sports fan, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Mamba mentality. Like, you got to straight up. Like, you got to be like the Mamba. Like, I think about, like, what what Kobe did over time. 
So he added like effort, more effort than everyone else to his talent. And that turned into skill. Then like he got that skill. He just gave more effort. And then that grit and that mentality like moved him forward. But I've been thinking like so much lately. I'm like, man, like I'm talented and gifted at some things and I'm not at other things. Like where it's good is good when it's not, it's not. I've been thinking to myself like, man, no matter how much I work at some things and no matter how like much I give myself to some things, like, man, I could give myself to this thing and I could give all my effort and I could only function at 30% in a certain area because I'm just not wired to like, I'm not wired to function in those spaces and in that area. And like Corey, like, yeah, I think what's hit me about what you just said was, yeah, you still need to be talented plus effort yeah, to equal skill then plus effort that equals grit. But if like, we're all just not gifted at everything. Mm-hmm. If the expectation is to be like gifted at everything, then why do we need each other? Like, no, I think, I think it's acknowledging the things that we're not good at. <clears throat> right. And then not participating in those things. And like, that's legitimately okay. Going back to the episode we did earlier in the season on the 70, 30 idea, where 70% of your time spent on things that you're naturally good at. 30% of your time is spent on things that you've learned to be good at. What room then is there for the things that you're not good at? There isn't right. If, if, if your dominant skill set is writing with your right hand and your learned skill set is writing with your left hand, then trying to do things that are draining to you or that like you aren't good at, therefore not going to provide you like joy and satisfaction is like trying to write with your foot. Who wouldn't be exhausted after all day of trying to write with their foot? You know what I mean? Let's not, <laughs> let's just not write with our feet. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I can't help but wonder how many people um, or how many times we in our own lives uh, have stepped out of spaces because we experience friction or we experience frustration and we perceive it as lack of favor and a sign to leave when really we were just engaging in the wrong way. Like, I, I can't help but like wonder how many times that's maybe happened. We're like, ah, you know what? I think that's just my sign that I'm out of here. Maybe it was just a sign that you need to flip your engagement. Like maybe maybe you're engaging in the right space in the wrong way. Maybe you're on the right bus, but you're in the wrong seat. Because, I mean, there's definitely, there's absolutely been times. I mean, we're church planters, right? There's absolutely been times in my life where I've done things because there was nobody else there to do it. But that doesn't mean I should stay in that space. That doesn't mean I should keep leading in that way when somebody who shows up with the right gifts, uh, I I need to get out of my way or get out of their way, like make space for them to step in because I was only there as a Band-Aid. Like I shouldn't have been running that, right? Like I think about the Christmas shop, like uh, Easter Day did such an amazing job bringing the ministry of affordable Christmas to Canton. Oh my gosh, he did. He did such an amazing work getting that off the ground. Shout out to Easter Day. Shout out Easter Day, man. Like, it started in a Duber living room and then became this, like, huge ministry. And then when he was moving, somebody had to take that over. And so I took it over when he left. and, And so we did it at Third Street, and I ran the Christmas shop for a little while. 
And I did it because I had to. Because there was nobody else to take over that ministry. And so I headed it up for a little bit. Man, and then Jada came. And I just can't help but like think about how great of a job she is doing. How many times she's like said that the Christmas shop is her favorite thing that Third Street does. And what like what what life it would have sucked out of that event if I'd have stayed running it. Like I was just there until somebody who enjoys logistics and all those things could take it over. And it like, man, it's doing so well. And like I think I thank God for Easter Day starting that. And I thank God for Jada uh taking it over now. But man, I, I like I couldn't have stayed in that spot. But what I get to do now for the Christmas shop is like help run all this stuff day of and like put people in places where I see them as gifted. And it's been so cool to see, you know, people like Dante thrive, like running their area of things and like seeing people like, like, you know, Latoya is going to have this whole like end of ministry that like didn't even exist in previous years that she's going to have in the following year added on to the Christmas shop. Like it's so cool to see people own areas and I get to do that. And that's engaging in a way that brings me joy. It's like on a leadership level. For me, like, it's difficult sometimes because my identity easily becomes, like, what I'm doing. Yeah. Especially when you do kingdom stuff. Yeah. Because when you do kingdom stuff, you're like, well, yeah, my identity is Jesus. And this thing I'm doing is Jesus. Well, no, this thing I'm not doing is Jesus. It's to help people, like, know Jesus and to create spaces Mm -hmm. of equity Mm -hmm. and all, like, types of good and beautiful things. But, like, Jesus is Jesus. Like, Mm -hmm. That's hard, especially because in leadership, your identity can easily get wrapped around what you're doing and your Mm -hmm. identity can easily get completely placed. And people do that to you Mm -hmm. when they think about what you're doing. They think about that. But the more I'm learning that, like, yeah, the more we see God doing and the more we see God like growing what he's doing among us, the more I have to give stuff away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the more my engagement in things that like I'm good at has to become less like it has to become less and I have to do other things and it gets difficult because you you become known or your identity gets wrapped up in doing those things but yeah yeah well and especially as it pertains to leadership <clears throat> that's the importance of like apprenticeship discipleship empowerment however you want to like think of it or frame it it's the importance of constantly pulling people up with you as things go right because if if in leadership your team like if you're all functioning in your natural skill set and you're all doing your job things are going to grow right things are going to things are going to uh uh to work to be blessed you're going to experience the fruit of your labor and if you let it the fruit can overwhelm you mm-hmm like the amount of work can start to overwhelm you and it becomes this thing that like you were once leading along to this thing that is now leading you along and you want to talk about having the joy sucked out of something try like functioning in your full-blown god-given calling and then all of a sudden it grows to a point where you're trying to keep up with it rather than the other way around like yeah that's not fun anymore but that's the that's the importance of like empowering people in their like in their giftings and in their skill sets to to picking up where you end <laughs> like because as people like we all have a capacity 
we all have a limit. And to your point, like that changes in certain seasons. Yeah. Like there are certain seasons where my capacity is much greater than it is at the moment. Right. Um, and that's part of, that's part of being able to find joy, even in, even in the work is, um, is knowing, is knowing your capacity, knowing your, your skill set, and knowing who to lift up, who to empower, who to invest in, uh, so that this thing, this thing keeps rolling. I want to get real, real practical as we wrap this up. And James, I want to ask you specifically a question. Um, so something that has kind of grown over the course of, you know, since episode one of this podcast that we've kind of heard the, the birth of is the Vincent house. Yeah. And so just knowing you, knowing all the activities that you did in college, knowing the hand that you had in starting Epic. Bro, the stuff people were letting you and I do oh my gosh. at 19 yes. and 20. Like knowing, just knowing. Nobody believes me when I even tell them. <laughs> it's wild. It's, it's wild. But no, like knowing all of that, everything that you did and were engaged in for the last decade plus of ministry, and then seeing the Vincent House launch and knowing that somebody else is running it and somebody else is, is doing all these activities and everything that's happening in there. Um, I know, like as, as, as church planters and leaders, it's hard when you have a vision to let somebody else run it and not be involved in every teeny detail. And so my question to you as we land this plane is through launching the Vincent House and getting that off the ground, how did you discern and land on your engagement in the way that brings you joy. Yeah. That's actually like a, that's a great example. It's a great example. And it's like a great question. Like for me to even like process out loud right now. Yes, just, sorry, I really put you on the spot. No, no, no it's okay. So, <laughs> no, it's okay. And I can, I'm going to do it in two minutes here so we can wrap up. Uh, it's one of the greatest acts of faith of like my ministry life. It genuinely is. Uh, as Corey just said, people were letting us do a lot of stuff that they probably shouldn't have when we were like 19 and 20 and 21. And then we were 22 and 23 and 24. We just got handed a whole ton of responsibility that we probably shouldn't have like been handed in a bunch of different circles. And with that comes like cutting your teeth and stumbling and falling but thank God for the people around us who just like let us fall forward in like so many ways. And what's goofy now is that like in the early thirties, I feel like the way that like some of my coworkers tell me about how they felt feel in their early forties, because I think of what we just did in the early twenties. Like I, mm-hmm. I finally am at a point where I feel like, you know what? I can lead this. Like I can do this. Like, I know Jesus is is with us. We can, like, run forward. But the goofiest thing about it is, like, even though many of my natural skill sets, like, every time I'm in there and I just see kids in the building, I'm like, man, I just want to go play Uno with those kids and, like, hang out and, like, start joking and, like, play basketball. But the best thing for me to do is, like, find spaces where I can do that. So, like, I'm locked in now with Dan, and we call it the dream team with, like, our uh, fifth and sixth graders. 
So I go on Monday and I'm going to hang out every single Monday. Like it's been incredible with the fifth and sixth graders and go play basketball with them in the gym and like take part of the great programming that like has been designed there. But yeah, I had to trust God with the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Like I had to do my part and just like in faith, trust that like, yeah, trust the people like, man, do I trust Dan and like his leadership of the team? I trust the team. I trust Dan, but like, yeah, it's just a deal where like trust God, trust the team and yeah, trusting him with the outcomes, but it is incredibly difficult, but I'm finding joy in that. Like finding joy in balance. Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, I have to do fundraising and I have to do strategic things. I have to do all that type of stuff, but it's just got to be balanced for me with like engaging joyfully means like I got to be on the ground in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it gives you the fuel to do the other things absolutely. you don't want to do. Absolutely. It reminds like, you why you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan runs it. Damien's the youth pastor, but like, I gotta, you I get gotta. to kick it with kids every once in a while. Yeah. I, I'll just be unk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uncle Graybeard. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing, the best thing we can offer to any space is the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And we're not offering the best version of ourselves when we're not functioning in our, in our natural wiring and in our natural skill set. You want to find that joy. You want to get that joy back, that, that, uh, that satisfaction back in the spaces. The best thing you can do is figure out how you bring the best version of yourself back to a space. And there it'll be. All right, y'all. We'll be back in two weeks. Bless up. Bless up.